Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Telegraph. The Telegraph. Podcasts. Hi, listeners. My name's Theo. I'm one of Bryony's producers. I'm just jumping in here to tell you that there is some fruity language in this episode, so it's not one I'd recommend listening to in front of your children. I hope you enjoy it. Yesterday, I had a really healthy meal, and I made sure I put extra veggies in the stuff, and then I had a packet of Rolo's Chaser, you know? <laughs> and, and it's like, it's... Only I, one packet. <laughs> that I'll admit to. This week's guest is one of the most magical people I have ever had the privilege of meeting. Donna Lancaster may not be a name you know, but it's my belief that the work she does should be available to all, perhaps as part of the national curriculum or as some sort of mental health version of the Duke of Edinburgh Award. Donna is a therapist who runs special retreats for people feeling sort of lost and all at sea. And 18 months ago, I was lucky enough to go on one. And the work I did that week was absolutely life-changing. And I wanted to get Donna on the podcast to spread some of her magic healing to everyone, especially as we go through this strange time. So would you please welcome Donna Lancaster? <laughs> You're laughing. I'm laughing because I... I've got, if you could see me, Bryony, I'm all bashful, like, oh, shucks. <laughs> so the first question we ask everyone on this podcast is how are you really right now? Yeah, it's a really good question. Right now, I'm feeling a bit nervous because I'm an introvert by nature. So to, to do something like this is always, you know, uh, a challenge to me. But like you, I'm also very good at facing my fears. So I feel some nerves and a little bit of uh, fear. And I also feel really grateful to be asked, to be honest. Yeah, so that's how I am right now. If you'd asked me this morning, I would have said something different because this morning I felt really, really sad. My daughter's just had a baby and uh, it's that sort of sadness of the reality of the situation we're in that I can't go and hold my newborn grandchild in my arms. So this morning I was feeling really sad, but I had a really good cry. I, I phoned a friend, I did the things, I practiced what I preach, and um, and now I'm just feeling nervous about this conversation. Well, you don't have to feel nervous. I mean, no, no, I shouldn't. Uh, I know that I've made a mistake there by telling <laughs> you not not to feel a way that you feel, because I know you'd say, you'd clarify, you'd pick me up on that, Donna, if we were at, if we were at the, tr the retreat that you run is called The Bridge. 
Now, I went December 2018. And just to give a bit of background to everyone listening, the summer before that, I was coming up for a year sober and I was about to do this event. And the person organising the event asked me how I was and I burst into tears (laughs) because I was not okay. I was going through quite a deep depression, which I think was the inevitable inevitable after you know get you know the, the doing all the hard work of getting sober and then uncovering all the kind of stuff that was underneath it that I was drinking to cover so she told me about this thing called the bridge which is what Donna runs and she was like you have to go and so I did I went in the December of last year and it was perhaps one of the most terrifying things I've ever done. And I abseiled once. So, you know, and I'm scared of heights. It, it's just to let people know it. So it's, you're, you're there for six days, aren't you, Donna? And you're not allowed yeah. any devices. Can you explain a bit of what it's, what it's like? No books. No books, no, no distractions, basically. So we ask people, and it is an invitation. People will say, you made me. We, we ask people to sort of hand over their gadgets. We tell them in advance that it's what's called now a digital detox, the opportunity to really let go of all the things that we use to not only distract ourselves and move away from our feeling world, but also what we use to kind of keep us in our heads without realising it. So, you know, we're all very, most of us are addicted to, to gadgets and technology. And so this week offers us, a particular space where people can let that all go and then allow the body to actually do what it's meant to do, which is to process emotions. And I think what gadgets do, as well as even the so-called good things like uh, books, reading, or even recorded meditations, is they kind of take us away from actually allowing like you recognised, Bryony, when you when you were a year sober, that there was a lot of emotions that needed to come to the surface that you'd been running away from for a long time. And that's also what gadgets do. You know, it's the modern drink of, of choice. So it's really interesting because, in a way, that thing of being forced to sit with the way you feel it is not something we are very good at as humans, you know, and that's why we have alcohol, shopping, drugs, mm. food, sex, all of those. Well, it's not why we have all those <laughs> things, but it's why people people do often default to them. Yeah. And it's very normal to do that. And I suppose now in the lockdown, when we've had all of our usual coping mechanisms removed from us, people are being forced to kind of deal with their feelings. And I mean, not least the way they feel about the situation now, a very scary time. Mm. I was really interested in what kind of advice you'd be giving to people who find themselves at home and, and what kind of things you're hearing from former, uh, I was going to say patients, but that's not really the right word, but former people who have been on your retreat um, about how they're feeling right now. Yeah, I mean, the the people that have been on the retreat, you know, it's really about them recognizing that this reminder of what we always say on the on the bridge which is around embracing all that you feel like you said about me you saying to me no need to feel nervous generally speaking we have this belief that there's certain emotions that are in inverted commas good and then there's others that are bad and what we really encourage is people to embrace all emotions and and if we let them do their thing they 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 do their thing you know and they come and they go they're like waves and they pass through us but Quite often what we do is we block them and then you, that's when you start to get in trouble with uh, physical ailments and mental health issues. So the, the former bridge participants, what they've been really doing is, is, is trying to kind of sit with their feelings, trying to allow themselves to be in their fears and know that 
it, this is a natural reaction to what is actually one massive global loss, which is life as we know it. Life as we know it is over, mm. you know, in, and I mean that not in the doomsville sense. I mean it as the way we functioned before this pandemic. It, it, that's no longer available to us. And so that brings with it inevitable feelings of loss. And, and what we do on the bridge, as you know, Brian, is we support people to be with and allow those emotions. Well, I was just going to say, I was going to, I'm just, I, you can't see me, which is the weird thing about doing podcasts, but I feel like there was something you just, sorry, I'm really emotional. Something you just said there, which was that life as we know it has ended not in a doomsful way, but like that to me has just like oh. hit the net and it's it's I'm 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 actually I'm sort of crying here it's it's really hit the nail on the head of what this feels like and it sounds so like I don't know it's it sounds I almost also find myself and I don't know if you're hearing this from people a lot like I'm constantly telling myself off for feeling the things I'm feeling. So right now, even as I'm talking to you on this podcast, which is about mental health and about self-care and about looking after yourself, I am chastising myself in my head for crying about this and going, don't be ridiculous. You're safe. You have a home. You're not in hospital. You know, you're very lucky. Count your blessings. Yada, 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 yada. And I've heard that a lot from people where people are really stopping themselves from feeling the way they it's actually a very normal thing to, to 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 feel like the world has not ended but the world as you say the world as we know it has mm. and it's okay to be feeling like strange and upset and sad because of that isn't it absolutely I mean it would be more of a concern to me if people didn't feel that you know it's, it's like what we're in, actually, on, on a personal and a collective level it is we're in a period of grief and it's, if you've ever experienced a bereavement when somebody you love has passed away, you know that there's a whole range of emotional states that you go through. And sometimes in, within 10 minutes, you know, going through all these diff different emotions over and over as you try to come to terms with, with that uh, loss of that person that you love. And what we're going through is something much more on a global level, really, is that we're all in our individual little caves, if you like, in our homes, if you're fortunate enough to live in a home, but you are also going through something that is a collective experience. And that is, as I say, life as we know it. And, and I, I see that as this is a necessary time of coming together virtually. I always say alone and together. You might be physically alone, but you're definitely not alone energetically. And definitely we are so fortunate to have technology, most of us, that we can connect virtually like you and I are doing today so that you can know that we're in this together. And it's, it's definitely not something that we, I believe, that we should be trying to suppress or stuff down or deny and and definitely when this is all over what I really hope for people is that they are willing to give themselves the space to readjust and not just rush back into the busyness and all the things that perhaps they were doing before to avoid other feelings <laughs> does that make sense yeah no it does and the thing you were you're talking about grief and until I came on the bridge I always saw grief as something you experienced when someone close to you died right yeah and I I didn't realise that grief is also, as you say, it's something you can feel for all sorts of things ending, you know, and it doesn't have to be a person, although that's the way we are aware of it the most, but it can be a situation, a relationship, it can be, you know, a job going or something or leaving or choosing to leave a job. And, and so there is 
clearly going to be a lot of grief going on at the moment. People grieving loved ones, people grieving jobs and stability and security, people grieving just the normal freedoms that we've been allowed. Absolutely. You've been doing um, kind of global grief events online through your Instagram. I have, Can you talk to me a bit about those and how they work? Yeah, sure. So they're uh, free online events where I'm encouraging people to come together virtually, as I was saying, to collectively allow themselves to release their emotions about what's happening in our world. So the first one we did was very much looking at the virus and how we feel about the virus towards this pandemic, etc. In this event, we encourage people, it sounds a bit wacky, but it was actually really powerful for many, many people as we encourage them to write a letter to the virus and in this letter to really say how terrified they are or what is true for them, how angry they might feel, how afraid, whatever is true, but to really get it down in a handwritten letter. And so these letters alone brought up so much emotion for people that, you know, if you don't let that release through the body, where does it go? It goes into, like I said, illness, be that mental illness or physical illness. So so we encourage people to write these letters in advance. Then we came together online and then we had some visualization to prepare people to give themselves permission to grieve and then we went off into our private living rooms and we did the shaking or dancing if people don't know the shaking where you what I call grieve with your whole body so you read the letter to the virus and then you really had a a real massive release using your body and your voice. Okay so I'm going to come back to the shaking in a moment because what I want to say to everyone listening who might be thinking what on earth? We, uh, we're writing letters to viruses. I am a cynical old hack. And when I turned up at the bridge, I was like, what the, what the fuck is this? Like, what do you, you want me to, and I'm not going to go into some of the things yeah. we've had to do, but I was totally out of my comfort zone. I threw up into a waste paper basket. I so couldn't deal with some of the things you asked us to do. Yeah. But I can see how amazing and how transformational they are. So as a cynic, I would like, you know, I would like anyone listening who maybe, and then there's probably a lot of people listening who are totally down with this and who do this kind of stuff anyway. But in case you're thinking, oh, what's, I want to kind of just let you know the best way, because also the way I feel about it is that you could just try it. What's the worst thing that happens? No one's going to see you. You, you know what I mean? We're all yeah. alone in our houses. Yeah, absolutely. And can I just say, uh, Brownie, just to go back to about you being a cynical, an old cynical hack. Uh, which I love that expression but I'm also I'm also cynical I have healthy levels of cynicism and so um, I totally get it with with the work and this idea of writing to the virus which by the way Russell Brand has just flagged up as a great idea as well but I'm interested in what works I'm interested in Mm. doing things that support people to feel better about themselves so if you need me to stand on one leg and wave a flower in the air I'll do that if it works if it has a positive impact on my spiritual emotional physical and mental well-being and by the way we don't ask people to wave flowers in the air (laughs) but um, (laughs) 
No. I mean, Donna, don't, don't, you're feeling it's like, there's no, but I'm not criticizing it no, in any no, way. No. I, I'm saying that, I'm saying that there is actually something, and I suppose this is all part of the greater problem in life, isn't it? It's that we're all so self-conscious and scrunched up and, yes. you know, stuck in bum these... clenchy, I call it. Yes, bum clenchy and stuck in very tiny ways. And we, our coping mechanisms are very kind of strict and stringent and they're, you know, looking at phone, work, 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 drink, 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 eat, 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 do you know what I mean? And yeah. we've had all of that stripped out. So I guess that's what I meant. And I'm just really interested in hearing about that sort of the lack of spirituality that we're now being made to kind of face up to in a way. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things I'm always cautious about talking about this side of the virus, like when we did the online event as a, as a possible gift, because it's a bit like, you know, if you say to somebody who's experienced a, a death of a loved one, you know, finding the gift, understandably, they might want to poke you in the eyes. I know I would. Mm. But but it, it's really that it's not to discount or undermine what's happening with this, all the terrible suffering and the horrendous nature of this pandemic. But it is also to look at, as you said, like, what is it making us, forcing us to, to look at on a personal and a global level? And it's making us really, really stop and have the time to start reflect on, you know, like people have been saying, do we really want the normal back that we had before? Do I really want to go back to living at 150 miles an hour? Do I really want that? So it's, it's making us stop and I think that is the gift within the virus and I don't mean that in any way as undermining the suffering that it's causing does that make sense yeah absolutely absolutely so talk about you know you were gonna you were gonna give some sort of tips actually for people so with the the virus writing lesson and obviously we'll put in the show notes links to all of Donna's social media and places where you can join these free online grief workshops but just in case you know for anyone listening what are your practical tips as someone who's worked in the mental health arena and social care and social work for decades (gasps) what what are your tips for people right now they're at home, they're in lockdown, and we're going to be in lockdown for a while more. And it's bizarre and it's strange. And one minute, as you say, you might be feeling very sad. And the next, it's like, oh my God, I've just found a bottle of Dettol down the back of the sink. I'm high as a fucking kite. Do you know what I mean? We're talking about like four seasons in one day, levels of emotions. Yes. That's just me personally. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm speaking, for, I'm, I'm sort of just imagining that everyone else is feeling like this. But Already within this podcast, I've sobbed and now I'm kind of like rallying. What are your tips to people listening at home how to cope and how to use this time actually as a, as a gift, as you say, and, and to their best? Well, the first thing I, I would say is that it's really um, to be able to, and this is not easy for everyone, Bryony, I know this, but to be able to recognise and normalise these immense tsunami of feelings that people have, you know, the, the, the huge waves that come over us of intense sadness, etc., to recognise them and label them as what they are, which is grief. And, and uh, as you said earlier, grief isn't just about bereavement. It's grief in, in its definition is a natural reaction to any kind of loss. It's a natural reaction to any kind of loss. And so we are losing all the things you said before, our freedom, a connection to our families, our friends, our sense of financial security, safety. These are all like mini deaths. And so it, that's how big it feels for people. So to really 
Um, I would really encourage people to have compassion for themselves as much as possible to really say, yeah, what I'm feeling is normal. So um, that's the first thing is to normalize it. And yes, like you have that voice in your head that has the judgments and to really recognize that often that voice is an internalized voice of somebody or many people from the past, be that a bully or a teacher at school that was unkind to us or a a parent that was particularly critical about us being in our emotions as a child, for example, Mm -hmm. is to really try and identify that that voice that judges you is not your voice. It just sounds like you. And then there's alongside that, Bryony, there's the practical things that everybody knows, I'm sure, and that are not always easy to honour. But it's things like Uh, good nutrition, you know, eating well, making sure you get some exercise, sleep. People know all these things and they know how important they are. And yet, of course, it's incredibly hard when you're in lockdown to kind of sometimes not just reach for convenient food or reach for this and that. And so I really say to people, like, everything is about balance. You know, so like yesterday I had a really healthy meal and I made sure I put extra veggies in the stuff. And then I had a packet of Rolo's Chaser. You know, <laughs> and, and it's like it's only I, one packet <laughs> that I'll admit to. No, and it, but, it, but it's it's really that thing of like really allowing yourself the odd treat, but also predominantly as you would a kind of scared child, you'd give them predominantly healthy food and then a little bit of a treat along the way as well. So it's all those basics. And then the key things that perhaps people aren't so much aware of that are so, so important is movement. And I'm not talking about exercise here. When you're stressed, when you're fearful, your body is flooded with chemicals, cortisol, adrenaline, etc. And what you really need to do is to support your body to release those chemicals so they flood your system. And so your body needs somewhere to go with that um, energy. So exercise can be helpful if you do things like uh, power walking or running, etc., cycling. But also things like shaking your body, things like dancing your body with your body, anything that helps you to kind of let your body do what it needs to do to kind of recalibrate itself. So the shaking, when we were on the retreat every day, we'd have to do like a serious amount of shaking. And then I remember on the last day, we did like a shaking disco, basically. (laughs) And we were whooping and sweating. And it was I mean, I'm quite like, as you say, like, it's one of those things of being an introverted extrovert. And I was just like, what is going on here? But <laughs> but by the end of it, it was, it was really helpful. And in fact, this morning, me and my daughter, we did PE with Joe Wicks. Yeah. And then at the end of it, we started shaking around and kicking and getting rid of, we were like, goodbye, bad energy. You're gone for the day. Yeah. And it is remarkably, like, oh, when I was a kid and I've just done it now, I used to, I don't know if you can hear, I used to do this. Can you hear that on the microphone with my fingers? This is me clicking my fingers in a weird way. And I'm sure it was me trying to dispel all my anxiety and stuff. Yeah. So it does work. Absolutely. And and you think about how many people when they're nervous and they jiggle their legs, then their leg goes when they're sitting down and they're jiggling. And and that is the body trying to discharge energy. So we, we can support ourselves by getting up off the sofa and actually really shaking or putting some some music that you love on and just like you say having a really good dance or a shake that's really really powerful so shaking yeah letter writing yeah acknowledging your feelings yeah allowing your feelings yeah knowing that when you actually go through emotions you go through a situation so there are useful mental physical thing that allow people to process things absolutely it's there for a reason you know our emotions are there for the reason and they're really 
trying to guide us and we've just got so used to what I call neck up living which is where the gadgets come in again that we've forgotten our own body's wisdom and the body is so wise Bryony and it's even as you and I both know and I, I, I suffered from what was labelled as depression for many years and I had a breakdown in my 30s and we know that our bodies eventually will go you're not doing this anymore in my case living a lie and so my whole body just mm basically brought me to my knees literally in a lady's toilet at work couldn't be somewhere classy (laughs) when you say living a lie can you talk about is that that something you want to talk about or rather not yeah sure so so in my case I was living a lie of pretending to be uh, again coming back to this uh, denying emotion so I was um, working a lot in child protection. I was working a lot in women's prisons and women's refuges and I was pretending that I was okay so I was trying to show people, you, you too can be okay. And actually inside, I felt like I was, well, I, I always call it, it was like a terminal sadness that was slowly eating me alive. And so I was not being authentic, even though I was teaching authenticity. Mm. And so eventually living that lie every day, which is a lack of inner and outer alignment. So I was pretending on the, on the surface, like many people do, to have one face for the world. And then inside, I felt something very, very different. So my inner and outer alignment, they weren't aligned. It was misalignment. And so then eventually from living what I call a lie, a fake existence, a false sense of self over and over, telling that lie to the world and myself for so many years, eventually my body just gave up and I literally had a panic attack, collapsed, and it was like my body's wisdom took over. It's like you're not living this lie anymore. And it was, again, Mm. the most painful experience of my life and like many painful experiences, the most profound because it really, that's where the gift part came through because it really made me have to face my own unprocessed emotion in a very particular way which was through the body I think it's also though it's an amazing I think one of the things I learned on the bridge was that a lot of growth happens in the dark totally you know, we think growth happens in the light and I remember I mean I won't go into too much of, of what we get in because obviously a lot of it well it was all incredibly personal and private but I and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast will know I've had a very, very long battle, quote unquote, with obsessive compulsive disorder that has more or less dogged my life since I was about 12. And I remember you saying to me, I remember you saying to me, you can let OCD go now. It served you and it's and it's kept you safe in many ways. And it was the first time I'd ever looked at obsessive compulsive disorder, not just as an illness, a mental illness, which it is, but as a, a way I had tried to cope with life. It was like a it was like a safety mechanism gone wrong. Yeah. And and the re- realizing that was like it was incredibly it was revelatory actually in terms of me dealing with my OCD because obviously I still get obsessive compulsive thoughts, but now I am able to right size it and know what it is. And then I think about the growth that I've done in the dark and you and you talked about that. And I remember one of the things that gives me hope whenever I'm feeling low or I'm experiencing something traumatic, so to speak, is that I'm growing at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And, and I'm learning something and it's horrible. But it's I guess it's for me, it's like, isn't it? It's about acceptance. Like we can't we have to accept what's happening in the world and it may not be nice and we may not like it. But the sooner we accept it and process our feelings to it, the better. 
Absolutely, because, you know, as uh, all the great spiritual teachers say, resistance equals suffering. Resisting the virus is like trying to resist a traffic jam you're stuck in, you know. It's like you can resist all you like, but it's still there. Those cars are still in front of you and they're not moving. Mm. And it, it's the same with this, you know, the lockdown is that we can, this is an acceptance of this phase of our life. And then it's trying, like you said, to look amongst the rubble of, of life sometimes to, to really find the, the, the goodness within that. And that, like many great artists and creatives and also many very normal people like you and I, is we have found the most growth opportunities within those times when, as I call it, we're nose down in the dirt of Humility Street. You know, and I've been in that uh, many, many times in my life and it has ultimately allowed me to do what I do. And that is another key thing about your tips for people, Brian, is I would really encourage people to, to um, of course, all the things I've already said about allowing and normalising and using their body and um, looking after themselves, the self-care piece. And then it's also about looking beyond the self, about how can I serve what can I do in, within even from the limitations of my own little cave? How can I reach out? How can I be of service? Because service is such a, an important way to um, not, I, I never believe it's altruistic. It's always two way, but it <laughs> makes us feel good. And it certainly allows other people to feel loved and cared for and that they matter. And we're seeing that, aren't we, all over the country and the world as people popping up and more and more offering amazing services to people um, to help them feel loved and connected. So I think a service is so important. And that doesn't mean denying yourself and being like a martyr. It just means really looking at, okay, what could I do that might be tapping into my gifts and offering those somehow in this uh, unusual situation that we're in? The other thing I would say as well, Brian, is about obviously creativity, seeing, dance, paint, garden, create stuff. I mean, Brene Brown talks about FFTs. I won't say what the first F's for in case you're not allowed swearing, but it's about No, we are allowed times. swearing. Oh, it, uh, uh, Brene Brown, you know, the wonderful Brene Brown. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she talks about FFTs, fucking first times. And she says, all, you know, all first times uh, mean that we need courage and, and they make us feel vulnerable often. But it's this is a great opportunity now to, to experience FFTs. And she said, we're all going through a fucking first time with this pandemic. None of us have lived through a pandemic before. And so, again, it's the self-compassion piece. But she said, try new things, what I call things that make your bum clench. <laughs> and so, my, my you know, one of the things I'm doing, which also is the creativity piece, is I'm baking a cake today. Now, it doesn't seem like that's quite, you think, how's that? Um, and you know going to make your bum clench but I had a really had a really traumatic experience at school it sounds laughable but actually really I was so vulnerable at school that it really affected me as it does with lots of children when they haven't got a strong sense of self whereas I wasn't the only person in the cookery class that couldn't make rock cakes <laughs> and so everyone laughed at my rock cakes and I had a lot of shame around it oh my god so for me I've never baked since I've never baked a cake and so I thought today is going to be an FFT where I'm going to I'm going to bake and allow my bum to clench and and see that that I can make a, a slightly collapsed wonky cake and that everything will be okay that the past is not here anymore you know so I think FFTs are really important to try new things learn something new and if there's something that you haven't you know you could learn Spanish or you could do baking but also if you've never learned about yourself if you've never studied your own 
inner world. Now is the time to start to read the books, listen to podcasts, understand how you function so that you can be more compassionate with yourself. You know, we're all doing the best we can, Bryony, and, and some people have really low levels of inner resilience. And so really to learn about yourself and understand why you didn't develop that inner resilience can be so healing in and of itself to kind of go, of course, I'm struggling now with my mental health because I had a really rough time being bullied at school or my parents, you know, weren't there for me or whatever is true. So really to dive in and learn about your your own inner world, your own psyche. How exciting to kind of understand yourself a bit better. Wow. I'm feeling so inspired by chatting to you oh, today, good. Donna. It's taken me back to the bridge, which was just a, such an amazing experience. And um, I know that you do a lot in trying to bring your work to everyone. And I hope that today we've been able to share a bit more of it. Do you know what would be amazing, Bryony, is that we have um, a documentary was made about the bridge called Loved. And it's just been released on Amazon Prime. And I really think that this is a a really wonderful opportunity for people to, if they if they find it difficult to access their own emotions about their own situation, if they watch this film and they hear other stories, not only does it open your heart, so if you might cry for somebody else's pain, it's also, as you know, I always say my grief is your grief is our grief. So it's also resonating with your own heartbreak, your own fears. So, you know, something that about people watching that film so they can grieve even slightly in the privacy of their own home. And it sounds like, oh, that sounds heavy. But as you'll see when you watch the film is it actually creates more lightness inside. Mm. Because like when I had a big cry this morning, afterwards, I'm like, oh, I feel so much lighter today now that I've allowed myself to have a really, really good soul. But also, just to flag up that with these free online events, we're doing weekly sessions, which are to support people on things like inner resilience, listening to the body during troubling times, all different subjects each week, and then the uh, grief grieving events as well. But we are also, they are free, but we're trying to raise money for NHS workers so that we can try to fund some NHS workers to do the bridge because let's face it, they're going to need it once we get through this. Yeah. And um, I do hope that one day the bridge is something that all kids are made to do before they leave school. I think it would really stand everyone in amazing stead. Donna, thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you, Bryony. You're going to have to WhatsApp me a picture of the cake, please. I'm also uh, yes. a terrible maker. So. <laughs> I will. I will. I will overcome my shame if it's a bit collapsed. All that matters is it tastes good, I think. That's all that matters, right? Absolutely. Sugary. <laughs> Before you go, I just wanted to tell you about something we're doing here at The Telegraph. We've launched You Are Not Alone, a collection of inspiring stories showcasing community spirit and helping you to stay connected to others. One of my favourite parts of it is our resident psychologist, Linda Blair, sharing her daily dose of calm, tips that will help you slow things down in this fast-moving situation. Social connectivity is more important now than ever, so click on the link in the show notes for more details. If you've been affected by anything we've talked about in our podcast today, the following organisations offer free and confidential support over the phone. The Samaritans can be reached 24 hours a day, seven days a week on 116-123. Or you can contact the mental health charity Mind for advice on a range of mental health issues. Their phone number is 0300-123-3393. That's 0300 123 3393.
They're accessible 9am to 5pm, Monday to Friday, excluding bank holidays. Then there's Young Minds, who provide support if you're a parent or carer worried about a child's welfare. They're on 0808 802 5544. That's 0808 802 5544. If you prefer text support, Shout is a 24-7 UK crisis text service available for times when people feel they need immediate support. By texting Shout to 85258, a texter will be put in touch with a trained crisis volunteer who will chat to them using trained techniques via text. And remember this, you are not alone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 